I'm Justin Lesko, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. It's just me on the show today. Mike is off fighting crime and saving the world, but I'm so excited about this Bellator light heavyweight tournament that I wanted to jump right on and talk about it. I'm going to assume you're as just as excited as I am, and something that you should be even more excited about than this tournament is the deal that you can get from Crown Rash Guards. Affordable, minimalist, durable rash guards Crown Rash Guards won't break the bank and they don't have any awful graphic designs or bright neon colors. They are simple rash guards that will hold up during your most grueling training sessions. Plus, they offer free shipping on all orders. Head over to crownrashguards.com and don't forget to tell them at checkout that we sent you. Now, let's look at the biggest news we've probably ever seen from Bellator. Welcome to That Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I am genuinely very excited for this. This is an eight-man light heavyweight tournament featuring the current light heavyweight champion and six former UFC fighters. This has to be not only one of the toughest tournaments in MMA, but it's also going to be a huge bump for Bellator's popularity against casual MMA fans. I'm going to look at all the participants and then the matchups that were announced for the first round, but... Bellator has me excited, and that's not something I say very often. I think this is the first time I've seen an announcement from Bellator, and I thought to myself, oh, hell yeah, let's do this. So the full first round, it's going to take place over two events, one on April 9th and one on April 16th. So I guess let's just look chronological here. The first fight is Ryan Bader versus Leo de Machida. Bader actually has a loss to Machida. It was like a KO back in, I think, 2012. And if I remember correctly, it was basically Ryan Bader just like running into Machida's right hand. Machida has that karate style and he tries to go in and out. And I think Bader tried to beat him on the way in and it didn't work out for him. But that was way back in 2012. Bader is currently the heavyweight champion in Bellator. And he did just lose the light heavyweight title to Nemkov back in August. He says that he's keeping the heavyweight title, and I'm actually a little surprised that he's coming back to light heavyweight, since there was almost a three-year gap between his first title defense at light heavyweight in 2017, and then when he lost to Nemkov in August. But I guess the appeal of participating in this huge tournament was just too good to pass up, and I don't blame him for that. Machida, on the other hand, he's 2-2 two and two since he came to Bellator in 2018, and he did lose his last two fights to Gegard Mousasi and Phil Davis. And if you look at his last 10 fights overall, he's 5-5. Five and five. So I tend to think that he's in this tournament based on the fact that his name is Leota Machida and he used to be a UFC champion. I think in this matchup, I think Bader takes it. Yet, Lyoto has a win over him, but that was almost 10 years ago, and Machida's 42 years old, and I mean, let's just be honest, he's definitely on the backside of his career, and Ryan Bader, you could argue, is in his prime right now, so I really don't see any way that Bader doesn't beat Machida, but that's why they fight the fights. So this is the part of the show where we get into weird pronunciations of names that I don't really know, so bear with me, but the second fight on April 9th is Corey Anderson versus Davildatsan Yagshamaradov. I'm going to assume that that was correct, and I'm also going to assume that the four or five times I say that name in this episode, you might get four or five different pronunciations. So again, 
Sorry. This is Corey Anderson's second fight in Bellator after he asked for and he was granted his release from the UFC. And I remember reading when he was leaving the UFC that it was basically like a gamble. You know, he thought he might make more money in Bellator. You kind of stymied out in the UFC a little bit, I guess. But he did beat Melvin Manhoff via TKO in November in his first Bellator fight. Corey Anderson is super, super good. He's got very good wrestling. He's always been able to pair that really well with his striking, which I think is underrated. I actually competed on a grappling show where Corey Anderson was the headline, and I did not talk to him at all. So that's not relevant at all to what we're talking about. But, you know. On the other side, I, I admittedly, I don't know much about Davodatsa and Yakshamaradov. His last fight was at the end of 2019, and this fight with Corey Anderson will be his first fight in Bellator, and he's fought mostly in Russia. Like I said, I don't really know much about him or really why he's in this tournament. I don't know if there's been, Bellator's been trying to get him for a long time and they couldn't make it work, or I, I don't know. If you know that answer, please let me know in the comments or send me a message on Instagram. He's obviously talented. He's 18-5-1, but... I don't know anybody that he's fought. I I do a show about jiu-jitsu and MMA, and I, I just don't know him. I think I have to pick Corey Anderson here just because I know more about him. Obviously, I'll do more research before in the fight, and I have to learn more about Yakshamaradov, but right now I have to pick based on what I know, and I think it's just going to be a win for Corey Anderson. So now as we move to the second event in the first round, we have Phil Davis versus Vadim Nemkov. And Nemkov is the current champion, who I mentioned a minute ago, who beat Ryan Bader in August via TKO. It's a little odd to me that the current champion has to defend his belt while in this tournament and that he even has to compete in this tournament at all. But even after the win over Bader, I, I think that Nemkov is far from a household name. You're doing this tournament as Bellator, and this is going to be the biggest rub you're going to get, and you're trying to scoop in more casual fans by having all of these former UFC fighters. So I actually think this is kind of a smart move by them, even though it's a little weird, to have Nemkov competing. You put him in a tournament with big names. There's six former UFC fighters, and most casual fans know all of those guys. So this can only really help him. If you're Bellator and Nemkov wins the whole thing, you just got a big push for your light heavyweight champion. And if he loses to one of these guys, that you've got a higher profile light heavyweight champion now. So I think it's win-win all around. This fight is also a rematch. So we have two rematches in the first round. Nemkov beat Phil Davis back in 2018 via split decision. And that fight was close, and Phil Davis put up three wins in a row since he lost to Nemkov, including beating Leota Machida back in September. Phil Davis also beat Machida way back in 2013 as well. There's a lot of overlap in this tournament, meaning you've got Machida in it, who has a win over Bader and two losses to Phil Davis. You've got Anthony Johnson, who we're going to talk about in a minute, and he's also got a win over Phil Davis, albeit from 2014. And Anthony Johnson has beaten Ryan Bader, and Phil Davis has two losses to Ryan Bader in 2015 and 2017. So yeah, that, that's a lot. But let's refocus for a second. In this fight between Nemkov and Phil Davis, I think I have to take Nemkov. I think since their first fight, they've both had strong performances. But given Nemkov is going to be defending his belt, 
and already has a win over Phil. I think he will do enough to retain the belt. Now, that might be like slightly wishful thinking for me because in all of that overlap that I just talked about, Nemkov has the fewest connections. I want to see round two feature less rematches and less fights that we've already seen before. So let me get Nemkov up against the winner of Rumble versus Yoel. And that's the second fight on April 16th, Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Yoel Romero. Out of this announcement of this tournament, I think maybe the smartest thing that Bellator is doing is putting Rumble versus Yoel in the first round. You basically brought in these two high-profile guys to fight each other. And if you don't match them up in the first round, you run the risk of one or both losing. Matching these two guys up will be the biggest draw you can make. Now, there's a lot of questions in this fight, and I'm going to do my best to answer them, but Rumble hasn't fought since 2017, when he lost for the second time against Daniel Cormier. I think it's fair to wonder two things. How is the four-year layoff going to affect him? I mean, ring rust is, is a real thing. Not fighting for that long can change how comfortable you are in there. We just saw Conor McGregor talking about not fighting enough and not being active enough. Rumble's also 36 years old, meaning that when he last fought, you could argue that he was in his peak. And as athletes age, I'm not saying 36 is super old, but it's older than when he was 32. Athletes need to learn how to adjust their training camp to get the most from themselves, and they need to know how they're going to recover differently than they did earlier in their career. Rumble missed four years of hard training camp to learn about those adjustments, to learn how his body feels after hard sparring. Doing your first training camp in four years at 36 years old, it might be a challenge, more of a challenge than if he'd been training this whole time, which sort of like Romero. Romero is no spring chicken either. He's 43 years old, but Romero has fought consistently. He's fought at least once every year since 2013, and the dude is carved out of stone. Romero is 43-year-old goals. When I'm 43 years old, I'd like to look like Yoel Romero. Anthony Johnson has been looking massive in his time away from fighting. Even in his Bellator promo shot, he looks huge. But this is a guy who got himself down to 170, or I guess 170-ish, close enough to welterweight. So I think he'll be able to make it down to 205 again. And Romero has lost four of his last five, but he lost twice to the former champion, Robert Whitaker. He lost to title challenger, Paul Acosta, in a fight that was going to determine who could fight for the title. And then he lost to Izzy, who I think is really high on the pound for pound list right now. And this is where I'm going to talk about how I still want to grapple against Izzy, but he's got a fight coming up and we'll get back to submission underground after he wins in March. But if I have to make a pick, and I do because that's why you're here for me to pick, I think that I would take Romero in this fight. He's been more active. He's fought five fights since Rumble last fought. And he has such great wrestling that if he chooses to use it, I think we can see a repeat of what DC did to Rumble. And yes, Romero has been reluctant to use his wrestling. But I imagine the first time that Rumble hits him, we'll see a shot. I mean, even Paul Acosta doesn't hit as hard as Anthony Rumble Johnson will. And I think that if you're Yoel Romero, you haven't had success in your recent fights, so maybe a change in strategy and using that wrestling would be a good decision to make. But I'm also not his coach. So maybe he doesn't shoot at all and I'm way wrong. But So the second round is in July, and if I'm right in all four first-round fights, which I probably won't be, even though I will put five bucks on a four-way parlay and hope for the best, 
That gives us Bader versus Corey Anderson, and then we get Romero versus Nemkov. No rematches, the former champ, the current champ, a former multi-time UFC title challenger, and overall three former UFC stand-ups. That's a pretty stacked second round. So yeah, I made my picks based on who I think will win, but there's definitely an element of who I want to win in there as well. I'm not going to go super in-depth and break down this round too much because it is hypothetical. I could be wrong in all four first-round fights, although I don't think I am. It's possible. So I'll just say out of these second-round matchups, I'd have to think that Nemkov beats Romero and that Bader beats Corey Anderson. I think the Bader versus Corey Anderson fight is closer than Nemkov versus Romero. But either way, I'd be excited to watch both of these fights. If I'm right again, that sets us up for a rematch of Bader versus Nemkov, which is the fight that Nemkov won the belt. The finals are scheduled for October, and in that fight, I would pick Nemkov again. But again, we're way too into hypothetical land here. I'm, I'm, I'm just running it out to the end because it'd be silly not to. So as exciting as this tournament is, I do think we need to be mindful of the fact that Strikeforce tried to do this before. and. It's the tournament that Daniel Cormier ended up winning. You had guys pulling out and DC wasn't even in the first round. And then he came in in the second round and then won. And then there was delays. And I mean, obviously, yeah, as a fan, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm really, really hoping that it just goes smoothly. We get fights in April. We get fights in the summer. We get fights in October. And we know who the winner is inside of a year. A lot has to go right. You have to have guys who win, not take too much damage and not have any injuries. You have to have guys go through the training camp without taking injuries and in training. There's a lot that goes into just the first four fights. I mean, how many times do you see a one card has multiple people on the main card get injured and can't fight? I don't want to see that happen here. I just want this to go smoothly. I also can't discount the fact that this is Bellator and weird things happen with Bellator and there's a reason they're Bellator and the UFC is the UFC. Like I saw a funny comment on Reddit talking about this tournament and the guy said he's got money on the Turkmen dude without a Wikipedia page because that would be extremely Bellator. And it would. You would have this random guy that no one knows come in and win the tournament and you don't get the big push of a former UFC standout as your champion. You don't push your current champion because he loses. Like it, it could go wonky. Like it really could go wonky. I really hope it doesn't. I really like the idea of Bellator competing with the UFC in terms of pulling in casual fans. But again, like it's Bellator, things could happen. But how do you see this going? Like, what do you think about this tournament? Who do you think wins each of the first round fights? And who do you think wins it overall? Send us a message on Instagram or visit us at our website, thatjujitsupodcast.com and drop us a line and let us know what you think. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider leaving a review on whatever app you use to listen to the show. It really helps us out. Also, if you're interested in supporting the show, please check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash that jujitsu podcast. That's a great way to get yourself a ton of bonus content, as well as helping us put out as much content as possible for you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me, and I'll see everybody next time.